This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Here's how old and dumb I am. So I scramble to try to find how to turn the microphone on. Oh my god, that was amazing. You were you were mesmerized by something else, I see. Well, I'm holding what, if you're watching on 360 right now, in a Ziploc, I mean, is this like a bag of drugs? Like, what are you holding up here on uh, on Sportsnet 360? To me, this is drugs. Yeah, for this you, is, it is. From Matt Marchese's personal stash. Yeah. Some, pe- some people are listening. They called the cops already. <laughs> Hot peppers, baby. Thank you so much for these. This is my my annual. This is Maddie gets me this once a year from his garden. Beautiful hot and I've peppers. Got, and hopefully I have more. Oh, yeah. Now, what kind of hot peppers are these? Those are red chilies. Now, a lot of people look at me and will say, like, okay, you look like, like a, a vanilla cake with mayonnaise frosting. Yeah. But trust but me, you're I, not. I love the hot stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I am. Like, I look like I work at a flour factory part-time. No, like, I know, I'm but white, you love white, hot white. stuff, though. I do love hot stuff, man. I do, too. Thank I have, you for these. How many hot pe- I grew five different types of hot peppers this year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to make some salsa, jar that up. Quite the homemaker, Jeff. I got room on my shelf, bud. Uh, real quick, before we get to, uh, to today's program, I wanted to bring you in because I'm curious, and I'm curious about this from anybody listening or, or watching the show right now, and we'll ask everybody who was, you know, had their eyeballs in front of yesterday's uh, 16-game extravaganza, mm-hmm. uh, the Frozen Frenzy. So Ken Reed's going to come up, Elliot Friedman here in a couple of moments, Craig Wyshynski and Howard Sue, Brent Seabrook stops by as well. Of all 16, and I know it's one of those nights where you're buzzing around and you're trying to get a sample of this and I want to look a little bit at New Jersey and I'm going to stay up late and watch Philadelphia and Vegas and get a peek at all these different was there one game that you enjoyed above all believe it or not the one that I actually enjoyed it was high scoring it was a lot of fun which is weird to say because the Islanders were involved but that was Colorado <laughs> and the Islanders um it was a weird How about game Sorokin saves last night he was great he's always really yeah, good I and I mean it's Colorado and they're a shooting gallery but I mean the Islander, I don't get the Islanders. I don't get them. I don't get, I, I don't get the roster construction. I don't get how, I mean, they're competitive because they have a really good goalie and, and their D is, it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like they're ever going to score enough to to be good. And that's been a huge problem for them. But Colorado is just, they're such a wagon. Like they're just, they're so good. And if it's, yeah. and it, it doesn't always have to be McKinnon or Rantanen because they got a really good squad. Rantanen was great last night, three points. Logan O'Connor's been really good. Yeah, shorthanded team. The shorthanded, the shorthanded killer, man. The shorthanded, uh, shorthanded king. Okay, so we're going to get you on the program here in a couple more moments sure. uh, as well. Uh, as I mentioned, Ken Reed coming up towards the bottom of the hour. He's got a new book out, uh, Ken Reed's Hometown Heroes. Look forward to that. In the meantime, uh, he is Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. I will open by asking you the same question I just asked Matt Marchese, and that is, and my answer is Detroit-Seattle. I want to get into one specific event during that game with you, Elliot, in a second. But of all the 16 last night, which one captured your attention the most? You would pick, like, the most esoteric No, 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 no. Not esoteric. It's not like it's not like a hipster pick. Like legitimately, it was no, it, a good game. It's totally, it's totally a hipster pick. Like All it right. really is, because you have to pick a game <laughs> that not everyone would think of, so that you could say, "Well, all of you were consumed by the popular thing." <laughs> I was looking at something that was. I was looking at something that okay. was much smarter that none of you recognize. Okay, okay. Here, here, here's a joke for you, Elliot. How many hipsters does it take to change a light bulb? That's a great one. What's the answer? 
Uh, it's kind of a rare number. You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that is very you. Like, I hear that, and I think you. Yeah, I know. It's embarrassing. But was there one game that captured uh, Elliot's attention yeah, last night? For me, for, for me uh, there, were, there were a couple. I mean, I, I would have to say Edmonton, Minnesota. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I... I was just, you know, I couldn't believe what I was watching in the third period there. McDavid or no McDavid, you have to know how to protect the lead, and Edmonton's shown big issues with doing that this year. Uh, the other ones that really stood out to me, uh, you know, Toronto-Washington, just because I, I'm a, I, you know me, I don't like to panic early, but I'm, I'm really wondering what the fix is going to be with the Capitals. And I would also say, I would also say a good game last night. It was the last one, you know, Flyers, Golden Knights, like that goal by Paul Cotter yep. was uh, an absolute highlight real goal. And, you know, sorry, Vegas is kind of like the anti-Edmonton right now. Edmonton is finding ways to lose mm-hmm. and Vegas is finding ways to win. Well, and the thing about the Vegas Golden Knights, um, they defend, and they defend really well. And what we saw in that Edmonton game last night in the third period, because going into the third, I'm saying to myself, Elliot, because I'm like you, I'm watching this one, you know, seeing what they're going to do without 97. It's an interesting week. Minnesota yesterday, the, the New York Rangers on Thursday. You know, curious how Edmonton's going to do without Connor. And I'm saying to myself, they're really going to do this. Like, we're going into the third, and I'm kind of feeling like, all right, this is, this is good news for Edmonton. And then as the goals start to pile up and the, the camera pans back to Jay Woodcroft on the one shot, you can see the, the frustration starting to boil over. In, in Jay Woodcroft's face, who was a really bad poker player last night, by the way, behind the bench. There was nothing really stoic about Woodcroft. You could tell how he was feeling mm-hmm. every time the camera cut back to him. Uh, 7-4 is the final in that one. Um, look, like Sportsnet Stats put it out last night in the, in the tweet. The Oilers have been outscored 10-1 to in third periods and save percentage in third periods for the Oilers. Netminders, 8-21. That's not going to get you to Colorado and Vegas territory where we thought, Elliot, Edmonton was going to be at the beginning of the season. Well, I think also, I, I think their high-definition numbers are really bad, too. I think they might be the worst in the league. Not high-definition, like high-danger. Yeah. Uh, their 4K numbers are pretty bad, too, Jeff. No, I, <laughs> you know, I, like I, I heard their, I, I heard their high-danger chances, I think, yeah. are are very bad too someone was saying to me and it's wild because campbell was making some really good saves but then there were some other ones going in like i i just think right now that um edmonton is trying to change the way they play right yeah they're trying to do things differently and it's very clear that right now they are really struggling with it and um you know like woodcroft is trying to put something in that he thinks will help them win and he's not necessarily wrong, but right now it's like the old, you know, square peg in a round hole. You can tell that there's yeah. there's a bunch of guys who aren't comfortable playing it. And until we get that, I mean, the, the interesting thing that's going to happen here is is how long do they say, all right, we're we're either ch- uh, like the commitment to it. Do you stay with it, mm-hmm. or do you eventually change because it's not catching on? And I think that's going to be the biggest question that Edmonton's going to have to deal with. Well, well, one final thought on that game, and it revolves around Evander Kane um, with the uh, the Gordie Howe hat trick, or if you're a hockey hipster, you call it the Harry Cameron hat trick because he was the first to do it. But Evander Kane with the Gordie Howe hat trick, that means he's got fights in back-to-back games. Yesterday he fights Brandon Duhame after Duhame hits Kulak. Now it seemed as if the motivation for both 
The two fights in a row here that we've seen from Evander Kane are different. One is lack of ice time, so I'm going to go do something. The other yeah. was in response to a hit. How did you see Kane? Because going into this week without McDavid, we said, okay, big four, Leon Dreisaitl, big four, Matthias Ekholm, big four, the Netminders, and big for Evander Kane. I, I, I agree with that. Um, look, I, you know, we talked about this on the pod this week. Kane made it very clear in his interview with Scott Holt the other night that he, he wasn't thrilled with how little he was playing. I think what you have to do here is you have to challenge him and say, okay, Evander, we need you now. So I'm going to put this on your lap, and I'm going to say, what do you need to be successful? And, you know, when he fought last night, you know, it's probably a trade-off that Minnesota likes. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a situation with your, where you're Edmonton. You might be saying, look, um, you know, we can't lose you, and in that trade, and it hurts. But I understand what Kane is trying to do. Look, I, I just think the Oilers, they're, they're completely out of sorts right now. Like, this is not what anyone expected at the start of the year. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think the big question becomes, do you stick with it with what you're trying to teach them, or do you say, you know what, we're, we're dropping this because it's just – you know, it's just not working. It's like in basketball, one of the big debates that, that you always have is, are you a system coach or are you a personnel coach? And a personnel coach is someone who says, these are the players I have, and I'm going to find a system that says that plays to all of their strength and therefore gives us the best chance to win. Like, I don't know if you just watched Winning Time, that great show about the Lakers, but you know, one of the reasons it falls apart for them for a little bit is they have a system coach who says, we are going to play what, the way I want to play, and you guys have to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And there's reasons, like, Woodcross reasons this year were good. He said, you know, and even Ekholm backed it. He said, you know, there were some times last year that we just broke down defensively against really good teams like Vegas. And he talked about that being a reason that Vegas won, and, and they didn't. But... I think also you have to look at it sometimes and say, how long do we commit to this bit? Mm-hmm. Because right now this doesn't fit this group. Well, at least the other team in Alberta is doing well. Oh, wait a minute. Checks notes. Uh, not so much. Uh, they lose uh, last night to the Rangers. Uh, Shesterkin played well. That's tough to overcome. Uh, handing the New York Rangers power plays. Uh, and they scored on two of them, including Alexi Lafreniere and, of course, Chris Kreider because he scores power play goals. It's a, a three-to-one final afterwards. Blake Coleman, who did score in the game, talked about, you know, sick of losing. And we've, we've heard that, you know, come out of various athletes' uh, mouths after, um, after uh, the losses start to pile up. But interestingly, and, you know, uh, Ryan Huska and Nazem Kadri, and to an extent Blake Coleman as well, tried to downplay it or at least, at least subtly disagree with what Nikita Zadorov said after the morning skate. But Zadorov's comments, I'm going to play these in a little bit here, um, essentially accusing some teammates of playing for themselves and not playing for the team, uh, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, saying, you know, some players need to figure out if they want to be here or not. Um, this is like two weeks into the season. Yeah. This is, this is like, it's, doesn't, it, doesn't this sound like a January comment or a February comment, not an October, October comment? So there's a couple of things here. Uh, one, we're seeing eruptions early, whether it's talking with the Vancouver Canucks after the Philly game, uh, Zadorov and Coleman as the losses pile up here. So 
there really is a, a, a sense of, of frustration and stress that's very much out there in the NHL. But how do you see Zadorov's comments? Because when you're going through a losing streak, you know, there's, you know, trying to make sure it's a contained fire. And then there's just throwing log after log after log on it. And I can't help but think that what Zadorov did, as honestly as he might have been, and we shouldn't criticize people for being honest, that's, oh. a, that's, that's another log on the Calgary Flames fire here. Well, like I said, uh, that, uh, that I've always said this, and you know me to always say this, we can't complain that hockey players are boring and then rip them when they decide, I'm going to speak my mind. We can't have it both ways. Yep. It's, it's one or the other. So, you know, the thing about, you know, you, you mentioned it there. I think that it's a really intense start to the year. Um, that I think the pressure is really on in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, like Zadorov, like he's blunt. You know, what did he get praise for uh, earlier this year? Is he's the was I think the first Russian player to speak out against the uh, invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. So, like, do you think Zadorov is going to care after doing that? Do you think he's going to care what people think? about what he said yesterday. No, that's just, it's who he is. It's the way he's wired. And if you ask him a question, uh, he's going to give you an answer. And the, the one thing that was most interesting in my conversations I had after that, and, and this is where you get into really dangerous territory, Jeff, is who is he talking about? Yeah. Like, like that's what that's what a couple people said to me after yeah. they said the the, the biggest thing because you, you know like like when you talk about guys downplaying it after the game like Kadri and, and Huska and and Coleman I have a feeling that's not because not necessarily I shouldn't say that I want to make it careful about how I say this yeah. I have a feeling it's not necessarily about them disagreeing with Zadorov but it's like okay he ripped open a band aid here. We're not doing very well. This is Canada. Like Trevor Zegers got benched in the third period last yep. night, and it's it's not much of a ripple. But Zadorov makes these comments in a, in a red hot market, and it's it's a thing. So, like to me, it's not necessarily those guys are disagreeing with them, but they're like, you know what? We're losing. That's enough. We have to deal with right now because I think the question everybody's wondering about that is, who is he talking about? And the, and the Flames, as as players in an organization, they probably don't want that game being played publicly. Yeah. Uh, these are two teams that are very much right now limping um, into the weekend, and the Calgary Flames will be without Rasmus Anderson uh, for the Heritage Classic on Sunday. No surprise here, Elliot, uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, uh, upholding the four-game suspension for Rasmus Anderson's high-hit Friday against Patrick Laine. No shock here. No, and you said it right. You know, he's not gonna he he's not gonna embarrass his, his director of uh, player safety, uh, George Peros. I think everybody like it's pretty clear if you read the document yesterday, the appeal document, yeah. that you know the the basis was look, this is a player's never been suspended, and we think missing the Heritage Classic on it is harsh. Mm-hmm. And you know that that sounds like it was a lot of what Calgary argued and. And Bettman said that that wasn't an argument that washed with him. I, I think everybody here kind of realized that, you know, Line A has now missed another game. Yep. I think if Line A was playing, I think they might have had more of a chance of getting that reduced, possibly. 
But the fact that Line A isn't playing, I, I just think that ended any chance of what uh, any chance that they had. Okay, wa- walk us through a a schedule here. So yesterday, all the votes had to be in on the idea of de- decentralizing the NHL draft. Yeah, all thirty-two teams have weighed in officially now. What happens next? Well, I, I asked, like, uh, I tried to ask a few people this morning, what was the vote? And, there, and, and the answer was kind of like, you're going to have to work a little harder on this one. Um, um, you know, I, I, I think I have some idea. I've gotten some idea of where some people voted, but I, you know, I don't have everybody, so I don't want to guess. You know, the general manager's meetings are next month in a couple of weeks right after the Hockey Hall of Fame inductions. Mm-hmm. And the board of governors meetings are in Seattle. And I think the second week of December, I have to double check the dates. I think those are, um, I think those are where this is going to be discussed next. Um, you know, I, I think that, I, I, I look, I, I heard it was, I like, I, I think the, the the question here is, I, I think there was a one thing I thought was really interesting was some teams like held internal voting, like how does everybody feel about that? And some teams just said, you know what, we're going to vote this way. That got the top. Um, I like I think that I think we're I think they have a good idea of where everybody kind of thinks, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think they just want to want to talk about it with the managers. And with the um, and with the BOG before they announce anything. Okay, uh, a couple of more things here. You mentioned Trevor Zegers getting benched in the third period last night in the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, not only benched in the third period, but overtime as well. Uh, he sat yeah. down. Mm-hmm. How do you read that? I, I agree with you. If that happens in you know Vancouver against Nashville last night, like that's a that's an enormous story. Um, it's Trevor Zegers, it's the Anaheim Ducks. What do you, how do you feel? What do you think about, you know, Cronin saying, yeah, you know what? Grab some pine, watch the game for a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's, one thing is very clear here about the Ducks under Pat Verbeek, and that is that they have a plan. And the thing I agree with it the most is that they are going to stick to their plan whether people like it or not. Now, uh, look, like, if you look at Leo Carlson, Leo Carlson didn't play Sunday in the back end of a back-to-back, yep. and he didn't play last night. Yep. And, and, you know, it's like somebody made the comparison, Steven Strasburg, the, the pitcher, when yep. he was on a, a tight innings count. If you'll remember when Steven Stamco started in the NHL, that's what the Lightning did with him. And... Um, you know, but at that time, Stamkos wasn't crazy about it. This time, Burbeek uh, sat down with the agent, who's Matt Cater in this case, and they walked him through it, and Carlson appears to be okay with it. But even if they weren't, I think Verbeek would kind of stick to it. The same goes for Zegras. Um, you know, right when they hired Greg Cronin, the word was that this is going to be uh, a, a tough but fair coach who says to a player, I know, we know you've got the talent, 
but can you play the way that the NHL you have to win? And he had a few turnovers right before that benching. And Cronin just said, basically, I warned you about this, and this is the way it's going to be. And now we're going to see, you know, their next game, how he handles it, how he plays. But this is the way I think the Ducks made it very clear to Zegers that this is the way it was going to be. And they're not backing down. It would it would have been nice, considering how big uh, a night it was uh, around the NHL with everybody in action. It would have been nice to see Fantilli and Carlson go head to head, just as an aside. Like I understand the plan and all that, but then we, you know, we always have that debate, Elliot. You know, doing what's right for the player, doing what's right for the team, versus doing what's right for the game. And I just thought that would have added another, you know, great layer to what was already, you know, revving up to be a great night. Uh, of hockey around the NHL. How do you, you know um, what, Jeff? It's, it's funny you mentioned that to me because I got a note from a Ducks fan who bought tickets for the game at home and there was no car. I think it was at home on Sunday night. And I should double check this before I say it. But, you know, bought tickets for the game and they said all of a sudden you find out that Carlson's not playing, right? Uh, Sunday was at home against Boston. Three yeah, against Boston. Yeah, so... Like, you buy tickets for the game, then you find out Carlson's not there. Yep. And I think that's a, you know, like, I do think, I do think teams have to think like that. Uh, especially, um, well, never mind, especially in a market like Anaheim. I think everywhere, if you can, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the worst thing to say to your fans. Um, the worst thing to say to your fans, you know what? We need to... We, need, we, we should communicate with them about how we're going to do this. You can score real goodwill that way. There's no question about it. Yeah. You, uh, you, you, like, like you, you can do something where, like, if you buy, like, this is just me talking out of my butt, but you can do something where, like, if you buy tickets to a game and Carlson doesn't play, like, here's what we'll do to make it a little better for you. I don't know if you want to give tickets to another game or maybe you get, like, a a discount on something at the Ducks team shot, which would have some really good merch. Yeah. You know, yeah, you could do. do something like that. Like I, like, I think in this day and age, you mm. kind of have to do things like that. Uh, all right, a couple of more things here. Um, we're early in the season, and yesterday that Ottawa-Buffalo game, uh, whether it's uh, the Brady-Kachuk fight with uh, with Tuck yesterday. By the way, Tuck uh, with the Gordie Howe hat trick uh, last night. Didn't see that one coming, but there it was. Uh, whether it was the fire DJ Smith chance, whether it was the the weird situation where Travis Hamannick had to go and, and tell Anton Forsberg uh, that he wasn't playing in the third period, that's, that's a tough one. That, that's a tough. That's a tough one. Which is which is which is an awkward one. How did you see everything with the? And it was it was primed to be such a beautiful night too with Craig Henderson uh, and his and his family and you know the goaltenders taking the opening face off, which I always enjoy. Nice. Uh, real, real nice touch. How did you see everything with the Senators last night? Well, it's two bad losses back to back, right? Like those, it's early, but like those are emotional games. Uh, Detroit was an emotional game for that, for the obvious reasons. And, you know, Buffalo is a team that you've already had a, a, a good game against, and they're going to be a big rival in your division for a lot of years. Like two teams that are trying to peak the right way. Um, uh, you know, like the, the thing last night, like that thing with the goalies, you know, that's a bad mistake. All you can do, like I put myself in the shoes of the coaching staff, if that was me, 
I mean, all you can do is just profusely apologize and say we're going to make sure that never happens again. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it was it, it, it's bad because you know that's like an internet thing, Jeff, in oh, yeah. the sense that years ago that would happen and you know you can sort it out. But now it's just all over the internet for an hour before you can address it, right? So it's like it just becomes like an uh, like a an avalanche. But you know, a couple things there. Um, I think it's uh, like uh, the the whole thing about Shabbat on his off wing. Adam Oates is, has um, just put this into my head. I see plays now where, you know, if, if he was on his strong side, you know, it would be an easier play for him or the puck wouldn't be as – because if you're on your weak side, if the puck's on your forehand, it's closer to the middle of the ice than it normally would be, right? Yeah. And I just see things Sticks like that middle. where – in the middle yeah, for shooting. Yeah, it's like I just see things like that where you can see as much as like he's Shabbat's a gamer. Like he's really trying to do this. I can see how hard it is. Soviet style. And, that was Soviet style in the 70s with sticks in the middle for yeah. shots. You get in the offensive zone, sticks are in the middle. The North American yeah. thought was always stick to the outside to stay away from the defender. Soviet mm-hmm. style was sticks in the middle to encourage shooting. Anyhow, I digress. Yeah, and, yeah but uh, you're right. And, you know, I, so I think that's one thing. Like, like I don't. I, I'm not going to panic. Um, uh, I'm not going to panic here, but you know, there you can tell there's still like I think that beef, like Zub not being there, mm-hmm. I think that's a big loss for them. And even though I think they've got a really good defense, when one of their top D is out, it's it's a drop and it yeah. screws up their whole defensive pair. I really think that. You know, one 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 quick thought on on the Buffalo Sabres at the other end of the rink too. I really came away from last night. I mean, always a big night like that. I go, hey, who are you feeling good for? Uka Pekalukanen. Yeah. Netminder for the Buffalo Sabres. When's the last time he played in a game, Elliot? Three weeks ago? Yeah, and, and he hadn't started an NHL game since March. I felt the same way about Caden Primo last night. Same same thing, right? And, yeah. you know, uh, Lukanen goes in there against a team that can score in bunches. Like, that is a really offensively slanted Ottawa Senators team. Buffalo's on the back-to-back, so, you know, you can understand the players, although the travel's not that tough, but still you can understand the players being a little bit more tired after having, you know, getting it handed to them by the Montreal Canadiens on Monday. And even though he didn't slam the door shut in the third period and kind of let Ottawa back in a little bit, I thought that was a great performance by Lukanen. And he mentioned after, you know, this isn't the ideal situation, still trying to be diplomatic about it. You know the goalies hate it. Um, I I, I came away from saying, you know what, good for Lukanen last night in in, in that for the Buffalo Sabres. Absolutely. And by the way, speaking of Gordie Howe hat-tricks, Oh, yes. Kiefer Sherwood from Nashville, he had one in under seven minutes on Saturday night. I know. Eh? Have Beautiful. you ever heard Have you ever heard of anyone doing it faster than that? I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure that it, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I suspect there have been some real quick ones too, but mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head that I've heard a seven-minute Cordy Howe hat trick. <laughs> I don't know that I I don't know that I've ever heard of that one before, but you know, good on Kiefer. If you're gonna make your money, make your money fast. I'm gonna score. I'm gonna set up. I'm gonna fight. and I'm gonna peace out. Check yep. me out on Facebook. Mic drop. Uh, <laughs> on that, we'll wrap. Um, okay, you enjoy your day. Safe travels tomorrow to Edmonton for Heritage Classic, and we'll catch up with you on this program on Friday. But you and I are doing podcasts on Thursday, so you're not done with me this week yet. <laughs> Unfortunately not. All right, Jeff. Have a great day. See you, work spouse. Uh, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.